0: We'll people and welcome to Pageants and prosecco with your host brett here and today we are talking all about miss america 2019 what happened what was that and of course the winner so stay tuned So, Miss America 2.0. What did you guys think of that show last night? Can we just talk about it for a second? Let's get into it. So, I don't even know where to honestly begin. But first, let's talk about the judges. Or, no, first, I should congratulate our new Miss America 2019, Nia Imani Franklin of New York. She's a singer-songwriter. She has a master's degree in music composition. Her goal is to be... Uh, initiates the Songwriters, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Nia. I love seeing the Black Girl Magic. And if you listen to my prediction episode, the one right before this one, if you haven't heard it, please go listen to it. I predicted that Nia would win early. So I'm just going to go on record and say that, yes, I had her as my winner. I had her as one of my winners. I had her in Florida as my winner as well, Louisiana, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I had a few people as my winner, but I predicted Nia was going to win, and I was right. So I just wanted to say I am one for one so far on my podcast of predicting pageant winners and beauty queens. So shout out to myself. Thank you, Brittany. You did a good job. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So during Miss America episode... Show, competition, not no longer a pageant, whatever we're calling it nowadays. I felt like it was almost a snooze fest. Did you not feel like that? I was so disappointed in that show. And I was utterly almost bored out of my mind watching that show. Because I just felt like there was no point in time where we saw really any entertainment. I feel like we were really watching a reality TV show of a job interview and it just wasn't what I would want in my Miss America. So the judges were of course professional boxer leila Ali, Carney Wilson, the singer with uh Wilson Phillips, Randy Jackson from American Idol. Jessie James Decker, who I'm a fan of because of her show on E! She's a country music centrist. And, of course, Laidale O'Brien, HBO personality, journalist, all-around extraordinaire, Bobby Bones, the radio host, and the founder of Dry Bar. Ally Webb, an entrepreneur. So we had a good group of judges, to be honest with you, very diverse. Men, women, entrepreneurs, journalists, um, singers, talent scouts, athletes, I think we had a really good selection of judges. I personally would like to see some more celebrities as judge, like Halle Berry or Cardi B or former Miss Americas that made it, Vanessa Williams, like we saw last year, or even Erica Dunlap, who was in the audience. I would like to see people who actually are familiar with the crown and the lifestyle of Miss America to be a judge this year, a judge, period on the panel um, even past close past Mallory Hagan would have been a good Miss America Nina would have been a good one um, Kiara would have been a nice one too but I want to see someone who's familiar with the crown uh, and the organization to choose the person who's ultimately going to be part of the organization but that's just my opinion going on we had the on stage interview portion And the contestants were to write down questions to ask each other. And of course, they did ask each other questions. For me, this part of the pageant was very um, boring to watch because it felt like a big PR stint. And I felt like the entire show last night, the entire two hours we watched it was a big PR stint and ultimately damage control. I feel like there was a lot of pressure on the production staff to put on a good show or really the organization to put on a good show because of all the hoopla that we had to go through in the weeks leading up to it, even days leading up to this pageant. So they had a lot of stress on them, but I feel like their vision for the show and what we saw was not, not good. Like it was just really, honestly, awkward and it felt so serious to me. It didn't feel like a beauty pageant. It just felt like a slow episode of Shark Tank without Kevin O'Leary. And the only time we even had any type of comic relief at all, honestly, was in Ross Matthews, the host. Did you guys not feel like that either? I feel like he was the breath of fresh air and that everything was just so serious. Why so serious? Of course, along with Ross Matthews, Carrie Ann, and Inaba was also the host as well. She was the main host, I guess, because we hardly saw Ross. But I did appreciate his three sentences because he really did kind of break the tension um in the show. So I really did appreciate that. And I just felt like the show the whole show was just very serious, very very boring, and I felt like it moved slow too. It took us forever to get to talent. And by the time we got there, I took two commercial breaks during talent. I don't know what's up with that. The talents didn't even feel like there was a minute and a half long. They felt like they were way shorter. But I just wasn't a fan of it. I was a fan of a few things. I'll tell you guys about that in a few minutes. But I wasn't a fan of the way the interviews were set up for the onstage interview portion because it felt like a PR stint for Miss America. All the questions were like about Miss America. How is Miss America 2.0 relevant? How would you make it relevant? What would you tell the kids about Miss America? Miss America. I I get it's a job interview. But I heard. And rumor has it. That the questions that the contestants wrote down for that part. Weren't the questions that they were ultimately asked. I was told that. Some of the questions were switched around. And I think if you're going to do a job interview style question, then maybe the question should be more so, what can you bring to this pageant? Or what changes would you like to see going forward? And how can you make them? Or what... um, Let me think of another question. How can you... Use your platform as Miss America to advance the narrative of, I don't know, whatever's going on in the world. Something, something like that. Not questions about the organization and why the organization is good. I just felt like it was just like kissing ass, almost in a sense. I don't know who's ass, but that's what the questions kind of seem like to me. And I feel like a lot of the contestants were very pageant, patty like in their answers for any time they had a microphone in their face i feel like they had a one or two sentence statement prepared to go about the platform and that all the girls were trying to push their own agenda ultimately fast forward to the red carpet shenanigans that we saw what what was that they pranced their way down the risk this red carpet in front of the other contestants who were cut and then ross asked them a simple question Hey, so-and-so, what's on your mind? And they immediately go into some serious answer about their platform. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. So then why ask them this? Why, like, is this, and was that question judged? Does someone know? Was that red carpet question that Ross asked them? Was that being judged too? Because it just felt like another opportunity for the girls to just share their platform and push their agenda. And to me, it just sucks because if you ask me honestly, what's on my mind, I'm going to say like tacos or food or sleeping or that it's sad that this is our last night with all these contestants and I worked really hard along with all of them to get here and we had a great week or so, something like that, you know, instead of Ross with his light hearted, goofy self saying, hey, Miss so-and-so, what's on your mind? one in five women will be sexually assaulted while they're on campus. We need to find a way to, like, okay, okay, that's fine, but give a lighthearted answer, you know? Hey, Ross, so currently on my mind is my social initiative impact, or whatever they're calling it nowadays, of women on campus. And did you know that one in two, I think the stat is, One in two women will be sexually assaulted in their life. Like, I think as Miss America, one thing I wanna do is to change this by teaching men how to use different methods to, you know, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just go into that's not an honest answer. If someone asks you what's on your mind, and honestly, on your mind is about your platform, you're not gonna sit there and just throw out a statistic to, to begin the sentence, you know? I'm not gonna say, like, oh, hey, Sally Jean. How was your day today? Well, did you know 84% of America are suffering from diabetes? And no, 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 no. I would say, you know, it's just been um, an interesting fact to know that a lot of Americans are suffering from diabetes. And just give an honest, relatable conversation-like answer. And I felt forced. I felt like a lot of the pageant was forced. And I just didn't really feel it this year. Like, just watching it, I got kind of bored And I wanted it to end, and there was still an hour and 46 minutes left of it. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I know a lot of pageants drag out for hours on TV, but I'm excited to watch it, and it moves. This one felt really slow, felt like a talking fest, and it just felt like it was just real, real, real blah. There was just like a lacklusterness to it. And someone else said underwhelming. I think that would have to say that too. The only thing I did like about the show, and I liked a lot of things about this new format, but the one thing I did like is that the winner was a true winner. And in my opinion, I don't think she would have. I think she w- probably had a great chance of winning underneath that old format. But I think the way the new format was set up allowed her to win in that capacity. I don't know different set of judges, different format, who knows, but I think that the way that it was set up allowed her to speak more and allow us to see their personality and allow them to hear, allow us to hear them give a coherent sentence longer than their typical 30 seconds for the on stage question. That I did like. Cause the one thing I hate is to watch a whole pageant and you don't even hear the girl talk until the very end. Unless they're, like, you know, recorded statements or whatever. But you never hear anyone talk in a pageant until the very end. And you can look so pretty and look great in your swimsuit. And then open your mouth and just be like, oh, okay, well, she did well up until that point. So I think it allowed them to loosen themselves up a little bit. One thing I also um, enjoyed about the pageant was watching the on-stage question and how the girls were able to go closer to the judges during that last question and really approach them kind of face-to-face panel style like they did during the private interview. And this is really good and a really nice idea, a nice touch. And I don't know as a contestant how that would have felt, but to me, watching it as a former contestant, I feel like it would have been a lot more easier to give an answer to six people instead of being on stage away from the judges and seeing the entire audience in the whole room you're allowed to just walk up to them just look them in their eyes and not focus on anybody else so i don't i don't know how the contestants felt about that but i did think that that was a good uh, twist to it but again that the whole show felt like a reality tv show that we were watching and it kind of played out like a reality tv show uh, like to me as well, like American Idol, you know, how they are in the the room with the judges beforehand. So I, I didn't like that. I, I didn't like, I liked the idea of that, but I didn't like the way the show felt like I was watching something that I could be watching every night at seven o'clock on Fox, you know? Going to top 10, D.C., Louisiana, Alabama, Colorado, Florida, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Nebraska, New York, and Idaho all made it. I wasn't really surprised um, at a lot of them. I think this group of women were very, very good. As I said in my last episode, my predictions episode, I think any one of them could have easily won. I was a fan of majority of them. And watching them, I could see how they all were just amazing, talented women. I'm not just saying that. Like, if I felt like any of them would have been anything other, I would have mentioned it or addressed it. And I'll speak honest about it. But I think they were all there. I think any of them could have easily been Miss America. And um, I was really impressed with this group of women. I was really impressed, impressed with them um in the top 10 i agree with for the most part i had florida winning i have florida as my wing girl winning because quite frankly i love new york but and new york's a powerhouse state if you guys know miss america new york had this is their fourth winner in seven years or so so of course new york is going to have a big eye on them so i'm not surprised that she won at all however just to be honest i didn't think they're going to crown a black woman for a while We were kind of due for one, so I'm glad she did get crowned this year. Um, Last year, I had, um, was it uh, Maryland? Oh, what state was she from? She was first runner-up, and I really wanted her to win, Jennifer, I believe her name was. Um, But I just wasn't sure if they were going to crown a black woman this year. And if they wasn't going to crown a black woman this year, then I have Florida winning. At least she was super gorgeous. Um, one of my favorites, I love her evening gown. I love how it shined on stage. I think she had nice, big, big, bright eyes and an old Hollywood glam to her. And I would love to see her compete on the Miss USA stage. Love to see her compete on Miss USA stage. I had Nebraska going all the way. I felt like she looked like a familiar Miss Nebraska contestant and beauty queen winner, a.k.a. Miss USA. I didn't think that she favored her quite a bit. Uh, And I don't know if that worked for her advantage or disadvantage. A lot of people loved her evening gown. That seafoam blue-green with the overskirt. I think that looked phenomenal on her. Um, Massachusetts was one of my top women I had winning. I think she looked incredible in her yellow evening gown. I think she really used the stage. And I think she really um, shined bright, honestly. I think she looked like Angela, Angela Bassett to me. I don't know why. But I'm getting Angela Bassett vibes from her. Um, Alabama was one of my top ones as well. Louisiana was up there. D.C. was up there as well. Uh, And Connecticut wowed me in her talent. I was really surprised that she made it that far. And she made it the highest placement for Connecticut since, I believe, the 70s. And she ended up getting first runner-up. And I'm not surprised because after I saw her talent, I was like, holy cow, that... Um, Irish dancing and I know Irish dancing from, you know, elementary school. So this to watch it play out. And then she did the moonwalk and she was she was killing it. So I'm like, OK, I can understand. I can see Connecticut going far after watching that. So I was definitely definitely here for them. Um Like I said, I was really impressed with all these women, all of them. From what I saw and in talent, one thing that I loved to see was more piano players advance. We had three or four women play the piano, and I played the piano, and I also did a monologue before. So I know how hard it is to do a monologue and, play the, or, and or play the piano for your talent. It's one of the hardest talents to have because for the piano, you had to play a song that people are going to just be wowed at. And I think one thing that hurt a lot of the piano players last night and the piano players that I've seen before, and what I wanna see in piano players going in the future is for them to play songs that people know and people recognize. I think as a pianist, one thing that's really hard for us to kind of step away from is playing hard pieces. And what I watched yesterday was women playing really hard pieces, like Florida. She played a really hard piece on the piano. And no one would really know that unless you play the piano. They don't know how hard that piece was. You have to move your hands fast. It's going two different directions. And the keyboard is heavy. The keys are heavy. Incredible song. Incredible talent. But I think for the piano and just for... Any talent you want them to be entertainment. So for me, if you play an easier song, quote unquote, an easy song that people recognize, I think you'll have you'll go farther than playing a really hard song that no one knows is hard because they don't know the song and they don't know what it takes to be a pianist that they don't recognize, you know. And I would love to see like someone just belt out Jackson Five or just just play something like, like Alicia Keys. I think that that will ultimately make a piano winner win. We haven't had a piano winner win, I believe, since 91, since Marjorie Vincent won from Illinois. I believe she's the last one to win. And she played Chopin. So all these classical pieces on piano are really nice. It's, I'm telling you, like it's good. I did it myself. But I think what's really going to wow and win over a panel of judges is playing a song that we recognize on the piano quite frankly even if it was like cardi b's "Bodak yellow if you play it and the audience knows it and you smile and you be an entertainer i think that's better than playing something incredibly hard and learning and having to practice all all day all night to perfect for it on stage and then just get looked over because it sounds just it's classical music like no one's you know. I don't know if you guys are turning to classical music on your radio. I'm not, but I think you guys should take that into consideration. Also, the monologues for me was a breath of fresh air too, because we typically see dancers, and as someone who is not a dancer, one thing I hate to see, dancer or a singer. I not hate, but if you're not a dancer or a singer, it's really hard to compete against dancers or singers. Especially if you're just talking. Like a monologue, and I just did a monologue for my talent this past August. It's tough to do a monologue compared to an opera singer, which is exactly what happened in this case and what happened in my pageant too. I didn't get top 10 in talent at all. The people who made top 10 in talent in my pageant were all singers. I uh, really, I don't, there's probably a dancer or two. I think there was one girl who did a monologue, but... I don't, you know, like, it's just hard to compete when you're talking and someone is doing this beautiful dance and they might not even be a best dancer, but I feel like dancers have an advantage because you can make it look easy and look fun and look flowy and look beautiful with your costume and your outfit, as opposed to monologue, your voice is it, your voice is your, is your instrument, you know, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people who are watching it look for entertainment. And if you're giving them a speech, they might be thrown off, you know, or like bored. And I feel like that was Nebraska's case. Her monologue was really good. I think it was more so just a spoken word thing that she wrote as opposed to a monologue, which in theater is a long text that one character is saying in a play. And that's a monologue to me. I think what Nebraska did was not considered a monologue. And to me, she was just, it was like a platform statement. It was a great, sad story to hear, but I don't think it was talent worthy for me. I think that we need to kind of move away from people writing their own monologues and focus on the ones that are already there and make it a dramatic piece in acting. I feel like what Nebraska did could be an option in pageants where women have one minute and a half to talk about their platform and to tell a story, I think I like that idea from Nebraska and what she did. But I don't think it was talent to me. Especially when you're competing against women who are singing opera or doing Irish dancing or doing ballet. Like that, You, I feel like she was at a disadvantage. Same thing with Colorado. Colorado, I didn't really get the gist of her message until kind of... Towards the middle of the end, and by that point it was already kind of done and I, I still don't really remember what she was talking about besides giving herself a motivational talk as a kid for a monologue but i just I just think it's really hard to compete by doing a monologue so I am glad to say that they made it to the talent and made it uh, to that top ten but it was just I just knew when I saw it like okay they're not gonna they're not gonna go higher than this because. You have singers, and you have people with God-given talents. And sometimes choosing a monologue might just be an easy way out, but it's ultimately not. (sighs) Some people don't see that as talent. I do. Like I said, I'm in theater. I did the same thing for my talent. But I performed a poem, Maya Angelou's Phenomenal Woman, and the Washington Post ultimately chewed my ass out and even said, how can someone who boasts out a phenomenal woman compete against an opera singer? And then it's true. Same thing with the piano. I feel like the piano, because you're not, you can't face the audience. You can't make eye contact. You can't really wow them. But you just take a look at the piano. Your hands are down. Your face is down. You got to make your keys good. And it's tough. Like, it's tough. It's tough to find outfits as well. But I don't know, that's my two cents. Ultimately, I think that Florida did really good. Idaho did really good. D.C. did really good. And I love to see the piano win. I really want to see the piano win. Miss America, please, please. Or even just the ventriloquist or the speed painting that um, West Virginia did. Like I want to see something different. Not take away from who won, of course. I just want to see something different be considered a talent. If you want girls to really like they can do this and achieve to be Miss America, Miss America is open to anybody, then let talent be just diverse talent, you know? Whatever. Moving right along. (laughs) Moving right along. So, fourth place, fourth runner-up, Massachusetts, third runner-up, Florida, second runner-up was Louisiana. First one was Connecticut, the highest placement for a Connecticut title holder in decades. And of course, the winner, New York. Fourth time winning for her state. Congratulations. I was, like I said, I was not a fan of this new format. I think there was some good things to it. And some things that I did enjoy with this new format was hearing the girls talk more. I did appreciate that. I did like the... Red carpet concept. However, I do think evening gown needs to be chosen because what I saw in evening gown was a disappointment. I was really upset in the gowns that some of these women chose. And I just want to know who is on their team saying yes to that dress when it's going to be a no for me. Like those gowns were so some of them look like they were just going to be good for prom. Like, if you wore that to prom, you might be the best dress at prom. But this is Miss America. And now you're on this red carpet, quote unquote. I need you to look like you on the red carpet. Like, look at the VMAs. Look at the Grammys. Look at what they're wearing. They're not wearing this stuff. They're not wearing all this, you know. And I know they might be limited because I think they have to wear Sherry Hill. But I was just so sad to see that some of these evening gowns were just not hitting it for me. Like, it was just like, eh, eh, eh to me. But I do think the standouts were Alabama. I love her navy gown. Showed her figure amazingly. Hair pulled back. Eyes big and bright. She looked like a doll and I love that. Nia looked great in her evening gown as well. The winner, an all white asymmetrical with the one shoulder. That was perfect. I could see that on, on the red carpet the Grammy, something like that. Um, Massachusetts yellow was just perfect for her as well as Louisiana's red gown. I love the color on her, too. So I do think there was a lot of good evening gowns, but I do think there was a lot of misses in evening gown. A lot of misses in evening gown. Very disappointed in that. And I was also disappointed to see that Cara Mond only got, what, 34 seconds on stage and didn't even talk at all during the pageant. That, to me, was Utterly disrespectful and to put her in the audience with her crown on to watch the pageant as a spectator was utterly disrespectful on Gretchen Carlson and Regina Hopper. That is your queen. That is your reigning, outgoing title holder. She is the only one in the room that one needs to have a crown on because I did see a cut to the audience. And there was another woman wearing her crown. That's rude. But to put your reigning queen with her crown in the audience is like a big middle finger, honestly, to Cara on behalf of the organization. It's just as bad as decrowning someone a month before the reign is over. hinted hint, Vanessa Williams. But, and they apologize to her for that. I think what, Cara, what happened with Cara, they're going to apologize to her probably down the line when Gretchen and friends step down. Cause that was just rude. And Cars on Instagram on her story talking about some watch Miss America from the audience. Watch Miss America from like she's like she's reiterating that she's watching this pageant from the audience. The pageant that is Miss America, she is the title person of this of the whole show. Like, this is the reason why we're watching. And she gets a recorded farewell speech and doesn't even say anything. Thank you, rude, disrespectful, utterly inappropriate, and poor judgment on behalf of the Miss America organization. I have no tolerance for someone who would be disrespectful to the outgoing queen. That is just rude. Anyone who's rude to the pageant queen, the organization rude to their queen, is... I I, I can't even fathom the words for it to me. It's just disrespectful, and it's inappropriate... It's out of line, and it's downright dirty to me. Absolutely dirty. To And then Kara wasn't even in the front row in the audience. I get if the time she's not being used, she can watch from the audience, whatever. No, I don't get that, because this is a, a major production. Maybe at a smaller production for the Queen to watch from the audience, whatever. But... She was, like, in, like, the fifth or sixth row. She didn't have a great, she had a good view, but she was back. She wasn't even in the front row. Like, what's going on here? At least have her sitting with the judges or something. Like, that to me was disrespectful. And it looks bad. It looks bad on everyone that's watching and everyone that's watching in the audience who sees the reigning queen in the audience. Could you imagine? You two rows behind the queen at the pageant that she won last year, I don't care what she said to you about on the Today Show or on Good Morning America, that's not how you do somebody. She wouldn't have went that far had she been treated right the entire year. So that's on you, you know what I'm saying? But to me, that was like a big middle finger to Cara in her year and her reign. Disrespectful, utterly disrespectful. Um, lastly, I do like how they emphasize the education of the women. I think that that's important to note because a lot of these women are working towards something for this pageant and they're not just competing for a crown, but for money for school. And I'm glad that they mentioned that and that they kept reiterating that because, you know, that's a lot of people's livelihoods. Like a lot of people are trying to get through school and pay for school in this manner. And that's the reason why the Miss America organization is relevant, not anything else. But that's why you're relevant, Miss America, because you're helping women secede. You know, you don't. there's nothing deeper than that. You guys are providing so much money to women for school. Like that's a great achievement. And I saw somebody say that, if you add up all the money local, state, and nationally, it's probably somewhere close to the millions at this point that these women are getting. I broke down everything about Miss America and uh, two episodes ago about how they're using scholarships and like how much everybody gets. but a lot of people are getting a lot of money. The second runner up alone, Louisiana, she got twenty thousand dollars in scholarships for being the second runner up I mean she didn't even win, and she got twenty k that's on top of whatever she got for her local and her state. And it says some women have um six thousand dollars in winnings up to I think I saw like thirty, 000, forty thousand dollars in scholarships. That's no small feat. I think if Miss America wants to make themselves relevant, they put how much money that they have made that they are giving away nationally, all the locals, all the states whatever they did last night at the national competition, if they add all that up and advertise it in that manner and really emphasize them being a scholarship pageant, then I can, I I will say like, yes, you are relevant and you don't necessarily need a swimsuit portion to do that, but you're losing the PR battle because of pride and There's a lot of good in this organization, but you're losing because you just can't step down or step aside from your own personal agenda. And these women are working really hard and they just want to pay for school. I understand the struggle. You know, as a woman, you don't always want to depend on a man to provide for you and you got to use what you got to provide. That's why some women turn to stripping. Cardi B, excuse me, guys, Cardi B says she turned to stripping to escape a life of domestic violence and to provide for herself. If you have your own money, then you can leave whatever you got going on. These women are using the pageant in that same manner, but it's just not, you know, stripping. Obviously, they're using it to provide for themselves. Can you imagine wanting to be a doctor and realizing that you might put yourself in, you know, six figures in debt? Because you just want to be a doctor, like all you want is to be a doctor, but you have no way to pay for it, or you come from the inner city, or your parents are just poor. And you find this pageant, and it has everything that you're good at. You're very talented, you could talk, you're beautiful, you can walk in heels, and you can model a swimsuit, like, like your life depends on it. And this organization is going to pay for you to go to school? Hell yeah, I would definitely do it. But I think the problems within the organization is overshadowing what they're supposed to do, which is help out sick children through Children's Miracle Network and help women go to school and pay for it. So I think it was great that the women introduced themselves by saying what they got going on in school and the education and background. I did like that. That's what they usually do. I was surprised to see a number of the women were graduates or getting their master's or higher form of education. So I am glad that we are seeing that. But I think it all that gets overshadowed by the hoopla we went through in the months and the weeks and the days and really the hours leading up to the pageant. Had Kara had a great year, I'm sure that the numbers at the local pageants would be way higher. But unfortunately, since she was treated like crap and bullied and belittled and talked down upon, then the numbers are going to be low this year. And that's just, that's a sad fact. A lot of people might be moving away from this organization because of the leadership and, you know, people don't leave jobs that they like. They leave bosses. You know, if you liked your job, you probably stay there for a second. They leave terrible bosses. And that's one thing that Regina, uh, Regina, yeah, Regina and Gretchen are going to have to just come to terms with is that you aren't good at this. So step aside. Last week, I did want to mention Michigan. And I do want to give a kudos to Emily. She stood up for what was right. And she... Went against the grain and did not highlight her education and spend this time doing a humble brag on herself. During her opening introduction, she said, "From a state where eighty-four percent, a state where eighty-four percent of the freshwater sources are, but none for its residents." I'm um, Miss Michigan Emily, the uh, Similia. I think her last name is, uh, and she mentioned the Flint water crisis. That is why Miss America is relevant. She took this opportunity for her 15 seconds of fame to bring attention to the Flint water crisis in her state, which might not even be affecting her personally. But she chose to take this opportunity to bring light to it on a national platform like Miss America. In front of all these people watching the pageant are all four million viewers, (laughs) viewers. She took this time to address the Flint water crisis. And I totally, totally applaud her for that. So great job, Miss Michigan, Emily. You, you are the reason why I still have hope for the women. Because and I don't know if she like planned that out ahead of time or if she was always going to say that or if she switched it up to the last minute and said that. But I applaud her for taking that opportunity to bring attention to it. And I know that if they were to give her the mic more, That she would continue to bring attention to it. Because in a country like America, when you're competing for Miss America, how can you go to sleep knowing that people next door to you in your state don't have clean water? Or people in this country, period, don't have clean water coming out of their faucets. Like, what? I get if you don't have clean water and you're homeless. But you live in a home in this country and your faucet is coming out with dirty water. Disrespectful. looks like a slap in the face. Like That's rude. That is rude. And you're not supposed to see this on this kind of soil. So I'm glad she took this opportunity to address that. I really am. And I just want to applaud her for doing that. And maybe I should come out with like a pageant person of the week for something that they do. Let me look into it, you guys. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna give Miss Michigan the first one. Watch out for my Instagram pageants and prosecco. I'm going to make some kind of award to just applaud a pageant person of the week who's doing good and using their title for good. I'm gonna start doing that because people don't realize that in beauty pageants, we're not competing for a crown of sass. Some of us, some of us, we're competing to make a difference in our communities using the talents and skills that we have. And if my talent and my skill is me. Doing uh, ballet and points and looking pretty and getting my ass in shape in the swimsuit, and I can make a difference in my community by doing those things and going through this interview, then you best believe that's what I'm going to do. Some people do other ways to make a difference in the community. Maybe they volunteer, maybe they run for governor. Maybe they're the teacher. Maybe they're the police officer in the community. This is what we got to do. I mean, this is who we are. You're not finna just neglect pageantry because you don't believe in it and because you think it's hoopla. We're making a difference in our communities. Half of these pageant platforms are beauty with a purpose somehow, some way, or beauties for a cause. You know what I'm saying? Like, confidently beautiful. Like, anyway, that's a whole nother episode. Let me just stop. I'm so glad. Miss Michigan took the time out to address the Flint water crisis and I want to applaud her and I'm going to give her my pageant person probably of the week. So stay tuned for that. That is my Miss America review. Although it wasn't the fastest paced show or the most entertaining show I am really truly glad to see we have a Black Miss America. I am glad to see Nia Imani Franklin won the title of Miss America rightly so. I'm am glad that I was able to predict the winner ahead of time and I'm just getting so good at this. But I am really disappointed in the production of the pageant. Nothing as the girls The production of the pageant was very poor, and it's just very boring. I would have loved to see Ross Matthews more. I would have loved to hear more questions that weren't about Miss America and more so about current events. I think that we need to hear from women about their take on these issues that's going on in the world. Cause that's what Miss America will have to ultimately address, and not why the pageant itself is relevant. That seems kind of silly. If you feel like the pageant isn't relevant, then stop having it. Like what? Like why? Like if you feel like your pageant isn't relevant, then you know that it's already irrelevant. You Why are you asking me this question? You know that. You know the answer to that question. Why would I have to force you to, like, this is still relevant because of this? No. It's going to be relevant by, by saying, like, okay, what is your opinion on Nike signing Colin Kaepernick amidst his um controversial kneeling stance? Or what do you think the biggest issue facing the country is and, um someone saying Donald Trump? The question that they ask during prelims, to me, is more why Miss America is relevant than the question they ask during finals, which is why is the pageant relevant what can you do what would you tell someone who said miss america is this or that like that's pointless who cares what they say who cares what people think we're here now you watching now you obviously think it's relevant because you're watching us so like what (laughs) let me go ahead and just stop right there you guys but i just really hope that one mia is not silenced or bullied or belittled by gretchen and that if she is, that she speaks out. I pray that she uses her voice for good this year and brings a different look at the Miss America organization. I pray that Gretchen uses her for good and doesn't feel like Gretchen just won this pageant. I'm also, wait, side side notes. I'm kind of curious why we didn't see Miss Gretchen during the broadcast. You know, like... Even at the BET Awards, the president speaks for some time. That's when you know take a potty break. So why didn't we see Gretchen or Regina in the audience or even flash to them? Did anyone see them? Were they even in the building? Are we even sure they were in Atlantic City? Like, why didn't we see the leadership? You know, who's running this show? Who's really running this show? If you guys need somebody, I am more than welcome to step on as board on the board. You know, I don't know how you can get there. Someone please message me in my Instagram. Let me know how I can become a board member. But I have some ideas for this organization that I think will make it fire. So I'm just curious where they were and why we didn't see them, why we didn't flash them. Like, they, I don't even think they said their name at all during the telecast. Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? But I just pray that if... Gretchen is doing some foo ness behind the scenes that Nia calls her out on it. No matter if it, happens, if it has to start tomorrow and this is a full year of just more hoopla, then I say we just keep going towards that direction, whatever we got to do to change it. I'm tired of pageants just being ran by people who don't know what they're doing and people who have no consideration for their contestants or their queens. And I think that's something that something should change deeply within the industry. And people are afraid to speak out because they want to win the crown, ultimately, which I understand. But once you have the crown, now use it. Make a difference. You can't make change from the outside. And I'm going to leave you guys with that. So glad to see Miss New York win Miss America. Very disappointed in the way that she was crowned. Oh, not crowned. The way that the whole competition was ran and the way that she had to get there. But... Whatever, we're here. The dust has settled. Miss America 2.0 is going to be a 2.0 for me. I'm just really, like I'm telling you guys, I'm really glad that at least Nia won. I do not. I feel like there's a 90% chance she would not, or a nine percent chance she still would have won underneath the old format. But I don't think, I don't think that she would have, to be honest with you, just based off skin color and logistics and politics I don't think she would have necessarily won maybe she would have I was still pulling for her either way but I think by us allowing us to hear from each of the women more and see their personality let them talk that she did walk away with the crown rightly so and I'm glad to see that a winner was crowned who I agree with Because if someone would have won underneath this new format that would have came out of left field or a complete surprise, I think we would have had a bigger problem with this organization. But I'm glad to see that someone rightly deserved to win and rightly did win. I am. That's all I have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope your glass is empty. If not, then what are you waiting for? Go ahead and finish that up. If you did finish your glass, go ahead and pour some more. You're listening to Pageants and Prosecco with your host, Brett. I appreciate you. Please, 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 please uh, review, subscribe, and continue to listen to my episodes. I'll drop one every week for you. Have a great day, and until next time, cheers.